It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. As it is the first day of February and some people are claiming it's the first day of spring. Thoughts are very much turning to the garden. And Peter Dowdle, the IrishGardener.com uh, joining me. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. I'll, I'll certainly take it as the first day of spring. So do I. So do I. I don't care what the meteorologists say. I, I want yeah. it. I want it to be spring. And you can already see it in the garden, can't you? You can already like we had calls in during the week saying there's daffodils out. You know, I've noticed it for the last week now, I'd say, or maybe even a bit more that, you you know, just the, the, the stretch in the morning more than the evening. Like it, it's getting brighter that much earlier. And my daffodils aren't up, but they're certainly they're not flowering rather, but they're certainly well up, if you know what I mean. There's there's lots to see and you can just see the growth kind of emerging again from this from the from from kind of dormant branches and from the hydrangeas are coming back into leaf and from under the soil. There's there's lots happening underneath. And the grass needs a cut. If it wasn't so wet, if ah. we could get out and cut it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, straight into questions. Uh, hi, uh, Peter. Um, when is the right time to prune roses and how much do you prune them back by? 
Well, you can actually prune roses back quite hard. There, there's an awful lot of, of uh, I suppose they have a lot of bad press of being high maintenance and difficult to prune, and they're really not. I mean, they prune, prune them back very, very hard. Uh, you, you, anytime really between kind of November and the end of February, so you've still got another month to do it. But I would try and have them done by the end of February or even sooner, because as soon as the temperatures do start to increase and growth starts again, you, you want to have the pruning done before that, so you're not pruning off and wasting, if you like, any of this year's growth. Okay, Catherine says, hi, uh, Peter. I got a present of a hyacinth at Christmas, an indoor hyacinth. The flowers are now gone. I'm wondering, can that plant be planted outdoors or does it have to stay indoors? No, it doesn't. It is actually an outdoor hyacinth, but they go through a, a period of stratification and uh, uh, they're prepared to, to trick them into thinking, if you like, that spring is coming earlier and that's why they flower inside dur- during the winter. Um, but no, it, that, that, that preparation, if you like, or that treatment that they get only lasts for the one year. So from now on, if you like, it's a spring flowering outdoor hyacinth. So I would, when the foliage dies off, I'd wrap it up in a bit of, bit of paper and then plant it out again in the autumn. Uh, Marie in Fromoy, could you please ask Peter, when is the best time to scarify the lawn and should I treat the moths first or do you treat it after scarifying? It's funny now because I was just writing about that, I think, in, in answer to a question on the examiner last weekend. Uh, and you're coming towards the best month. You're not there yet. Uh, it, it's it's March really is the best month. Now, I'm saying that if we didn't get a cold February, you would be fine to do it now. But who's to know? We may well get a cold snap yet. We often do in February. So we're not out of the woods or anything like it. So I would wait till March, scarify it then. And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's kind of like a mechanical rake where you're ripping up the thatch and the moss from the soil surface uh, and you're creating much better growing conditions around the root zone and at the soil surface uh, treat the moss afterwards and not not beforehand because you're going to be physically removing that moss so there's no need to really treat it with anything but just when you are treating it be careful because so many of the products uh, are based on iron sulfate sulfate of iron then will 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 make the soil more acidic which creates kind of the ideal conditions for moss to come back what you want to do is concentrate on making the soil more alkaline uh, because then the 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 moss doesn't grow in alkaline conditions. So first of all, scarify it during March, collect all the rubbish, and my God, it will look desperate for a while, I'm afraid. Uh, but you're doing the greater good uh, and then maybe put on put on something like the lawn gold to protect it from the moss. Yeah, because Sean and Liscarrel is wondering, is there an easier way to remove moss from a lawn rather than scarifying? You know, it depends on how bad an infestation it is or how bad the moss is. Now, the other thing, of course, is you could learn to love moss. I have no huge problem with moss. Yeah, I don't either. But I'm saying that I try. I don't either. Yeah, it looks green. But if you could just treat it with the lawn gold, Trisha, and not scarify it. So if you put on the lawn gold from March onwards as well, that does what I was saying there and that it helps to, to make the soil more alkaline. And the great thing about it is, like with a lot of the sulfate of iron products, the moss goes black. But with something like that, the lawn gold, where you're making it more alkaline, the moss turns to dust. So you don't have to rake out the black moss. So you could try that if you didn't want to scarify it. Okay, Nora has moved to a seaside location in East Cork. Sounds wonderful, Nora, and is starting to think about planting in the garden. She's wondering, there's one wall in particular, it's facing the sea. Are there certain plants that she needs to avoid, certain plants she needs to go, uh, needs to go with? Because uh, obviously she's conscious of sea air and sea salt. Yes, and I, I'm afraid, yes, the answer to that is the most resounding yes. Uh, living by the coast, uh, it, it's gorgeous and... and uh, but it comes at a cost. It comes with, 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 I suppose, a price. And that is that you are quite limited as to what you can grow horticulturally next next to the um, 
next to the sea, next to the coast. And particularly if you have a wall which is facing out onto the, the Atlantic, um, you know, that's a that's a tough, tough position to get things to grow on. And I can't I can't you know, I can give you a few a few suggested plants that'll grow in coastal gardens, but I can't say with any degree of certainty if they're going to grow in your garden. And the reason for that really, Trish, is because coastal gardens very individual, like what might grow in one garden may not on somebody else's garden uh, it, it really does depend on the on the location you're looking at, at things but by and large you're looking at things with a, with a very waxy leaf because the, the plants uh, suffer in the coast because they the salt dries them out and they lose water through transpiration quicker so if you can get something that's got a waxy leaf it slows the the the, the rate of water loss through transpiration silver leafed plants tend to do quite well as well so things like your oleria aliagnus things like that. A ground cover rosemary is another one. Things with very small leaves that have modified so as not to have a huge surface area, um, like your, your rosemary and your pine and things like that. Sea hollies and eryngiums, things like this will, will all do well. But your best bet is possibly go to a local garden centre. If you're down in East Cork, you could call into Carewswood there, Daniel Leahy and Castle Martha. That's a good garden centre. I'm sure there's many others down there just off the top of my head. Um, but call down there uh, and and bring a picture of it and, you know, bring a picture of it in relation to the sea as well and get good advice that way. Yeah, yeah. And and, and garden centres are great for that kind of advice. And you're a great fan of bringing the photograph with you. Well, definitely, because you can picture it, but the person in the... like Those of us in, in the world of gardening, we're, we're only too happy, as you know, Trish, as, yeah. as I'm proving, we're only too happy to kind of share the information and, and try and get others into the world of gardening. Um uh, and we'll help as much as we can. But if you can bring a photograph, it's going to be much easier to point at an area and say, look, why don't you put this plant there and that plant here, uh, as opposed to just thinking in general, do you know? OK, John has all the preparatory work done for a new lawn that he's planning on setting uh, this this year. When is the correct time to plant the seeds? We're getting all the right questions at the right time today, which is great, because it's exactly the same as the person who was asking about scarifying. March really is the best month of all to, to sow the seed because uh, temperatures are hopefully increasing during March. Uh, it's The soil is still damp, uh, but it's not frozen. Um, so, so March, you're nearly there, just another few weeks. OK, someone else has a problem which, with large thistles growing up on the lawn. How do you get rid of the thistles? I'm afraid the only thing to do with thistles is a, is a strong pair of gloves and out there with a, with a small shovel and just dig them up by hand. I'm afraid it's all you can do. OK, and James Infermoy has a grisolinia uh, hedge. It's a five foot high. It's been growing, he reckons, for about eight years. But patches of it has died off. What is, is he in danger of losing the entire hedge? It's, it's, it's hard to say, Trish, without seeing all of it. But unfortunately, perhaps is about as definite an answer as I could give you. Uh, like without seeing it, it's hard to say what's causing it. So what you'd look at there are things like, were there any environmental reasons? In other words, like, you know, did weed killer get onto a patch or was there an oil spill or something in the patch? So any environmental reasons that could explain specific areas dying off. And that's kind of good news if it is, because you can explain it. But if there aren't any reasons like that, then it, you know it's some pathogen. It could be fungal, bacterial, viral. It could be anything. Um, most likely to be some kind of fungal problem. Uh, if, if it's if if the whole plant, if random plants are dying here and there, and it's the entire plant, that is bad news. Unfortunately, if, like if it's an environmental problem, as I say, it'll tend to be localized. Maybe half of a plant in a particular area or something like that. But if you're getting random ones dying, you know it could be something like Phytophthora or one of these nasty fungal infections. Um, first thing to do is be get try and be sure again a, a trip to the garden centre with a photograph. We, we should get you some answers. Um, 
but you, you may be looking at lifting the, the diseased and infected plants out of it completely. Okay, and Pauline said her husband was a bit overzealous with the salt on frosty mornings and uh, she's noticed only today that the grass running down the side of the driveway has all been burnt. Uh, she's assuming it's from the salt. Does she need to do anything or will it just will it remedy itself? It, 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 it may or may not remedy itself. It's a question of crossing your fingers and, and just time will tell, I'm afraid, Trish. So yeah, it's, it's always, you have to be very careful if you're using moss for ice uh, or, for the, or sorry, if you're using salt for ice or to, to kill moss be careful as to where that solution is going to run off to now obviously <laughs> health and safety takes priority there so if you're going to lose a bit of grass but you you need it to, to thaw out your driveway so be it but um it, it's hard to say if, if it, the salt and water could well have killed the grass yes but it's just it's just time will tell if it has killed the grass uh it's just a question maybe of, of taking it up putting in a bit of fresh topsoil and um a new seed Okay, and a final one from Kay. Would Peter know uh, if there are heathers that will thrive in a limey soil? Are there particular heathers? Yes, there are. Uh, There are heathers for every single situation you can think of, really, and flowering at every different month of the year. They're they're a great group of plants. off the top of my head, I'm going to say Erica darliensis, I think, is a limey one. There are others, but a quick Google search will give you a list of species of heathers that will um, that will, will, will grow in lime. I'm fairly sure Erica darliensis does. I know there are others, but I'm just drawing a mental blank. But a quick Google search will, will give you a list of heathers for lime, all right? But it does prove you need to be careful of what heathers you plant and where, because there's some for oh, the Oh, absolutely. Some, some, of them are, yeah, some of them are just for acid soil. In fact, the term ericaceous means acid or acidic soil uh, which comes from the term erica so our, our heathers that, that are from the word erica so a lot of them most of them if you like would like acid soil but there are some suited to lime yeah okay so have you a busy week we're coming in as you can see by the sound of it yeah. coming into a busy time for gardening uh, you know March is on the way so everything was getting seed potatoes out uh, which will be going out now over the next month uh, and also the design the garden design is, is kicking off again now very busy at the moment so yeah brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> time last, to draw breath while I can long may it last we'll talk to you next week Peter thank you for that as always thanks Trish thanks bye-bye. for joining us bye bye that is uh, Peter Dowdell theirishgardener.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.